Rebecca Louise. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to say my name every time. <laughs> um, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah. This is going to be very honest, I guess. I don't think it's going to be fun at all. But no, I... no. Was, <laughs> I was being very sarcastic. Um, we've decided to just like jump right in. <laughs> with um, talking about the, the hard things and talking about our lives. And this one is probably going to ruffle some feathers um, because it tends to, just by the very nature of what it is, um, when you tell somebody that you're divorced, you get one of a few reactions. So sometimes you just get, like, the the compassion and the, like... Oh, that must really suck, and you know I'm sorry. The empathy. Yeah, you get the empathy. Um, sometimes you get the like uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with that, so I'm just gonna kind of pretend you didn't say anything at all. Like I'm just yeah. gonna kind of look away and you know pretend it didn't. Pretend you didn't say it. Um, sometimes you get the judgmental. How could you do such a thing? Um, don't you know what the Bible says? And you know how could you do it? Um, is there anything else? I mean, I don't know. You get, you get a lot of Those reactions. are kind of the reactions you get. Um, and you dig with a lot of opinions. I've always been amazed that the opinions people have when they've not ever been in my situation. Yeah. Um, it's my biggest pet peeve is like, until you have actually walked anything like what I've walked through, you don't need to speak on this. Yeah. If you're not gonna just like hold my hand and walk beside me, go away. <laughs> Which, you know. Um, and I mean, I'll let you speak your own experience with um, with the divorce world. Mm. Um, I mean, mine. I didn't have a very big social group. Yeah. That surrounded me really. It was mostly my family. Um, at the time, um, I remember a lot of just like. I wasn't really conflicted by it because I felt like it was the right choice and I felt like if it had continued, things would have gotten a lot worse. Mm. Um, but there was certainly some conflicts um, surrounding that decision from other people. Yeah. Um, especially, like you mentioned, the, the whole, how could you do this? Don't you know that this is the wrong choice and you mm. shouldn't have done this and you should have tried harder? Mm. Um which is just really hard to hear when that's all you try to do. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it would be very disheartening when you've been trying really hard to have someone be like, but you should have just tried harder. <laughs> it is. And I mean, even that whole opinion that, you know, the Bible is very clear about it. I mean, it's it's not. Well, I mean... It's, it actually is in terms of, like, in certain situations, what well, the grounds for divorce are. This is true. Um, but, like, people, you know, you get this opinion that, you know, the Bible says it's very wrong. And while it does say that, like you said, there's very clearly exceptions to that rule. Well, and I think what I ultimately came to was, like, I guess because I was raised in, like, a relational idea of God... Yeah. Like if I went and sat down at a coffee shop with Jesus and we were just chatting over our lattes, I don't know that he would like 
you know, yell at me or, or tell me I was awful. Um, I really think that he would just have compassion mm -hmm. and, and just, and hear me out and understand. And I, I guess that's how I've come to look at divorce as like, yes, the Bible in some ways is really black and white, but at the same time, like, God is relational. And so, you know, because I mean, like, the Bible doesn't say anything about abuse, for example. And yet, I don't think God would say, stay in an abusive marriage. That's not loving. That's not kind. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's my experience, I guess, just of the, the judgy people. They're lacking that grace. Yeah. They're lacking that idea of a relational God who, yeah, if you, if you sat down for a coffee with him, would he really smack you over the head with a Bible? Probably not. Well, not even just that relational view of God. It's relational view of how they should be with other humans. Like, how is telling some, someone that they are an idiot, for example, the right way to connect with someone who's just been through something that horrible? Right. And I mean, I guess we're talking at the moment about like the judgment from a Christian perspective. I mean, how did you go personally? Like you mentioned that you felt like it was the right decision. Yeah. Um, but did you still feel guilty? Did you still suffer with shame? Did you still struggle with really that decision? It's a tricky question because I feel like I did all of that before I actually separated from my wife, from my ex-wife. Yeah. Like, I went through... Because, I mean, I had known... I guess I, I knew for a long time... Well, not necessarily a long time. Uh, before my marriage ended, that it was going to end. Yeah. I could just... I could feel it coming. I knew it yeah. was going to happen. I didn't know what to do about it, necessarily. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a certain level of... I guess self-incrimination when you're aware of that and you're like, no, 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 I should just, I'm obviously not doing enough or I'm obviously not being there enough or present or anything like this. Um, and I guess I, I kind of had to work through that. Mm. Um, it still was a very weird moment having come to that conclusion, um, that it was going to end. Yeah. Um, it kind of felt like, because, I mean, f for my situation, we did, we, we separated, but we didn't, I didn't move out yeah. immediately. And so there's this, it was a weird kind of, like, limbo yeah. where we were in the same house, but we weren't married, so we weren't really doing couple things. Yeah. We are kind of just Existing. there in a house together. It was weird and just yeah. really bizarre. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I really dealt with much kind of, I guess, shame. Because I mean, as I've mentioned, like I, I stepped away from the from the rules of the Christian life necessarily. Like I didn't leave the yeah. beliefs behind, but yeah. the idea that, you know, you have to live this way. Yeah. I'd left that behind a long time ago, so I wasn't thinking necessarily along those same lines. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't this uh, the same kind of shame and guilt and and all yeah. that. My 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 experience was more concern and fear for how it would affect my kids. Yeah. I mean it's funny to me how much like guilt and shame seems to go along with a Christian life. Yeah. Um I mean I was very much still in that circle when I was married and 
subsequently divorced and man I didn't even know how to like breathe for the weight of all of that you know even the shame of thinking like who will want me now Mm -hmm. I'm used goods Mm -hmm. like growing up in purity culture and then I mean I I didn't wait till marriage because who actually does um but you know marrying the person and the guy I'd been with like I just I was drowning and and definitely that idea of I should just try harder I mean that was certainly what was told to me by the church we were in at the time was Mm -hmm. like how am I going to just love my husband through his infidelity and how am I just going to try harder and how am I going to repent of my sin and so forth so forth like it it added so much weight to an already suffocating situation Mm -hmm. that whole attitude of well you should look at the splinter in your own eye first right and I mean, you know, we need to love as God loved us. And he loved us unconditionally. And blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, cool. I'm not God. <laughs> I'm a human. And I mean, for me, it wasn't just infidelity. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yes, that was the, I guess, the, the thing that like. The overarching theme. That was the moment of like, right, am I staying or am I going? But we were so toxic. We were trapped in this cycle of you know I was just trying to be a good wife and you know do do all the right things and meanwhile like he was more interested in his video games than he was me and he was just lost in his own world mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't really happy I tried to be I tried really hard to like just be happy with that life but they just it wasn't it and I I funnily enough had panic attacks like every night we were married I would go to sleep and I would wake up panicking Mm -hmm. every night and I didn't even sort of realize it was happening until when it eventually ended that stopped happening right yeah that's a big it's heavy moments yeah yeah I it it was funny because when I finally left, as awful as it was, and the days that followed were so dark, I felt like I could breathe again. Mm-hmm. Which obviously went against... Everything. Everything. Yeah. It's not how it should be. You don't feel... You're not supposed to feel better when you walk away from the things of God. You're supposed to feel better with them. Right. But in this case, like, yeah staying in my marriage was a lot more toxic and unhealthy Mm -hmm. your success my success was was personal yeah and it was it was in leaving not staying yeah which goes against the grain (laughs) um i guess we've probably jumped ahead of ourselves because we've kind of talked about feel like we could breathe again and the success and all that stuff i mean (laughs) i want to be real about how dark those days were mm-hmm. um personally i don't remember a lot um i still suffer pretty bad ptsd <laughs> from it so um there's a lot that i don't remember yeah. i made video logs almost every day right in the thick of that as a way of trying to process 
and a way of trying to cope. And last year I started watching them back and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually still haven't finished watching them because it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess talk me through for you, like, I guess the dark days before, during, after, that weren't just the victory on the other side, I guess. I feel like, I feel like most of my, the, the, the dark days of my divorce have been preceding. Yeah. A lot of it, like it, it ended, it was kind of okay for a while. Um, and it wasn't until it was being made quite clear that it was over, that it started to get worse. And I, so I, a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, my ex-wife and I have kids together so we can't just exit each other's lives yeah um in a way i feel like my divorce would have been a lot easier Mm. if that had have been a reality for me but i mean it isn't and i mean i'm i'm not sorry yeah that that is the way it is because that's the way it is because i have two kids and i love them very very much and i wouldn't have changed anything because i have them yeah um, but, but yeah, like things just got darker and harder and more complicated, um, after I started getting serious with you. Um, and that's, I mean, I absolutely understand how that can make it complicated as a whole realm of human experience and emotion wrapped up in endings that haven't really, I guess, been processed properly. Well, then I suppose for you that, I mean, for both of us, but definitely for you in some ways, I guess it brought a lot of grief. Like, I think you expressed a lot of grief of just like, I guess, us not just having that life from the get go. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot of grief around, not that you're like, I guess you had a lot of grief about why couldn't we have just been your marriage mm-hmm. and why couldn't like we have just had kids or, you know, like, and and that grief didn't, it didn't come with and doesn't come with the regret of like having your kids. Cause I know that's something that, you know, you will never regret. I don't regret that you have them, you know, they're amazing and they are what they are for a reason. Yeah. I've said Um, before that, that, you know, everything that's happened to us has made us the people who we are today, but it's also given us T and L Exactly. And I don't think either of us would change yeah. having them at Exactly. All. But yeah, I guess that's maybe where, I guess, like you're trying to say, like, I assume your darkness has kind of come from the grieving of what might have been mm-hmm. or what could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess the inherent sadness of just that your kids will grow up between two homes. Yeah. Um, thankfully they will not ever know different. I don't know if that comforts you, but sometimes that comforts me just to think that like they will always, that will always be familiar. Yeah. Yeah. In a way it definitely does because I mean, they were babies when their mum and I split up. Um, and I mean, they are still babies. Yeah. (laughs) They've grown up in this world where, okay, dad doesn't live with mum. Um, so in a way, yeah, it is normal. I mean, 
eventually they're going to find out that that isn't necessarily necessarily normal. normal. Um, but yeah, I guess in a way it is a bit of a comfort that they are as young as they are yeah. during all of this. And I mean, I don't know, I guess personally, other than that, your darkness came from some pretty full-on like mental health struggles sort of four months after you separated, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit that it got really dark and I mean... I don't know. I don't know if this necessarily was really dark, but it was dark enough that I was worried about myself. Yeah. Um, and I knew that if I, I just, I knew that I just had to get some help. Yeah. I've been, I'd been, I'd been like tossing and turning over it for a little while, and that I guess just cemented that okay, I need some help to deal with this. Yeah. Which I mean, anyone going through that would need help. Yeah, and support. yeah, it's, absolutely. It's absolutely. such a big thing. It's a massive thing. Yeah, I mean, in that way, I think, obviously, I didn't have kids to contend with. Honestly, though, for me, that was scarier. That you didn't have kids? Yeah, because there was nothing to tie me to him. Mm-hmm. And as much as I was angry at him for everything, I mean, at times I was sure I hated him. Like... It was so scary, this idea of just letting go and that I would just might never see him again or never speak to him again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I envied people that had kids because A, the connection, but B, like, I always just, I, I guess I felt like people who had kids in this, they had a reason to get up every day and they had a driving force to keep them going. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. I was 23 years old. Everything I'd known and believed was just shattered. Um, I still was fairly black and white in my thinking. And divorce is not black and white. Divorce is grey. And I had no idea how to keep going. (laughs) I was in weekly counselling. I was eating chocolate literally as a way of trying to avoid going on antidepressants because chocolate has like a natural whatever the chemical is it releases in your brain it's like an instant mood boost serotonin oxytocin i don't remember but like the the chemical that eating chocolate releases in your brain is like it's an instant mood boost basically and so my counselor had literally instructed me (laughs) So, like, when I was really low, eat some chocolate and then go for a walk outside. I had grown up with an eating disorder that I was mostly out of by then. Um, but obviously, that situation put me right back to it um, because, you know, not just the divorce and the chaos, but, like, he cheated on me. So, instantly was the, am I not good enough? Am I not pretty enough? Am I not skinny enough? Am I not funny enough? Like, the instant comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, so eating was a struggle every day. Getting out of bed most days was a struggle. I We didn't really drink back then. Um, all I wanted to do was drink, <laughs> which is fair enough, but, you know, wasn't great. And it was just so dark. 
for such a long time. And I got this email from this like Bible study book club thing I was part of. Um, and it talked about how like when the sun comes up, it doesn't come up all at once. So the sky doesn't just go from like pitch black to like sun's up. But like when you watch a sunrise, you start to see like little streaks of color. So you see like a little bit of gray and a little bit of pink and a little bit of orange and like little streaks of color slowly, slowly. And then all of a sudden the sun comes up and figuratively that was like my life was like, okay, just look for the, look for the streaks of color, look for the little dash of pink and the little bit of orange and, and just keep looking for those. Um, and so I had like a reasons to smile list every day of like, looking for things that made me happy um and I practiced a lot of gratitude and I you know I kept busy as much as I could while also trying to work through it and trying to grieve and they were just really shit days (laughs) like I just they were just so awful yeah um and I wouldn't wish them on anybody no, definitely not. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know how TMI to be on a podcast that's going to the world, <laughs> but like, I don't know. And again, this would be different for everyone, but like, I was married to the only person I'd ever been with, like physically. And when you're married, Especially in a Christian world, it's free reign. Like, you do all the things you want. And then you are separated and you're divorced and you're expected to not do those things with anyone again until you're married again. And so, like, emotionally you're a mess. But then, like, physically you're just, like, struggling. And it just, nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a time. Sounds difficult. Yeah. And honestly, like, just like a violation of kind of everything you thought you held dear. Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, it's, I think one of the hardest things for me was all of the judgment and the opinions. Mm -hmm. Everyone had something to say, but not one person could tell me what to do. Right. Everyone knew... I wanted mm. someone to just tell me what the right thing to do was, if I should stay or go. But no one could. But everyone had something to say. Mm-hmm. It was either absolutely leave. He's a dickhead. You, should, you shouldn't you should even look back. Like, just go. But then, oh, but. Long-suffering. Yeah, love um, and unconditional love and repentance and... Miracles and and redemption and, you know, everyone had an opinion. Yeah. And all I really wanted and all I really needed was just someone to sit beside me. I just needed someone to just, like, sit on the couch with me while I tried to watch Netflix and forget. Mm Mm-hmm. No one did. Yeah. Or very few people did. It's a bit like... Um, and I just love this movie just because of how it deals with emotions as a whole so in, in Inside Out and Bing Bong is 
upset about something or other. And then Joy is trying to like tug him away from it. And like, let's just leave that alone. Let's not deal with it. Let's do something else. Hmm. And then sadness sits down with him. Yeah. Let's him feel what he's feeling. Feels it with him. Yeah. And that's how he gets through it. Mm. And that's how we get through things. Yeah. I mean, I remember, like, having a conversation with the pastor of the church at the time, who, quite honestly, was an absolute tool. And my mother finally had enough and spoke to him one day. (laughs) (laughs) And he called me, and we we had a long chat. And I remember saying to him, you know, not once have you even asked me if I like have money to buy groceries this week. Not once have you checked that I have somewhere safe to live. Like, you know, the situation I'm in, you know, that I'm separated and that I had to move out and I don't have a lot of work. And not once did you as the church, like try and look after, try and just be there with me in my pain. Instead, you told me what I should be doing or you, you know, you, you supported him and not me or, you know, and like, and of course then, you know, he tried to backtrack and be like, okay, well, do you have groceries? And it was too little too late. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't it. And it's, it's why I'm really passionate now about trying to just be with people where they're at and not comment on things I don't have any idea about. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, if someone's in a situation similar to what I've been in, then I'll absolutely tell them my experience um, and, you know, give them a perspective on what it looks like to me from the outside. But I will never do that in a way that takes away from just, but I'm still just right here with you mm-hmm. in your pain and yeah. your grief and yeah. your sorrow. Because, I mean, divorce is grief. It really is. No one gets married planning to get divorced or hoping to. Furthest, furthest thing from, from my mind, at least, when I got married. Both times. Yeah. 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 Although, to be fair, I think when you and I got married, we were more real about... That's everything. true. And I think what that's also only something that come from having... That's something that only actually came from having been divorced. Right. Like, our vows... <laughs> I don't think either of us had, like, till death do us part in our vows. No. Because we don't get to know that. No. I mean, we we very much hope. I'd very much like to grow old and die with you. And we work towards that. But we're not presumptuous enough to assume that we get to know who each other's going to become. Yeah. I mean, on that note, like, getting married again after being divorced is something you just always knew you'd do. It was something that I told myself would never happen again. Yeah. I, I remember just, you know what? I just don't want to do this. I don't want to do it again. It was hard and it was fruitless. Well. Aside from two kids. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was just like, you know, I just, I don't want to do this again. It's, it's yeah. too hard. Yeah. Um, and if it didn't work this time, why would it work again? Yeah. So yeah, that was my that was my response. It was just no, let's just not do this again. And so the fact that I'm here is just <laughs> it's bizarre, but 
It works. Yeah. It works because we make it. Yeah. I definitely was terrified. <laughs> um, I kind of hoped in some ways that I would do it again, but I was really, really scared. Mm. But I was less scared when it was you and I just getting married. Partly because of the way we did it. Mm-hmm. And we just kept it simple. Yeah. And made it about us. But, yeah, it, it's not. I remember reading something once and it was this page on Instagram, Young and Divorced, and she talked about getting married again. And she wrote, like, I don't need him, but I want him. Mm-hmm. And that just stuck with me. as like, okay, I don't... I'm not going to get married ever again because I need another human. But, like, I want it to be someone I want to be with. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like we weren't naive going into this. (laughs) We went into this very much knowing that any manner of things could happen. But like you said, like, it's working at it and it's choosing to work at it. And I married you knowing that you're someone who would work at it with me. And I assume vice versa. <laughs> I assume you had some confidence, I would try. Don't always, but you know. Yeah. It's... What's, um, what's something that you have, I guess, learned from it that you feel like everyone should know? Be kind to yourself. Oh, my counsel would be really proud of me for saying that. That's her favorite thing. I mean, in everything in life. But especially something like a marriage ending. Just be kind to yourself. Don't try to figure it all out. Don't listen to everyone else's judgments and opinions. Um, Don't beat yourself up for it. Try to treat yourself as you would as if like your best friend was going through it. Yeah. Like, what would you say to your best friend if this is where they were? What would you do for them? And then do that for you. Look after you. Self-care is a must. Extra self-care is a must. And, like, get help. Like, find a counsellor, even just for the fact that they are the one person in the world you can say anything to when it's confidential. Mm -hmm. I found a lot of value in that. I could walk in there and cry and scream and yell I could walk in there and talk about still loving him even after what he did I could walk in there and talk about meeting someone new there was no judgement there was no this is going to go anywhere it was my safe place yeah just and don't drink too much (laughs) (laughs) what about you? I mean, I think you kind of said it, really. It's just, like, something that I've been learning is to just be honest about what I'm feeling. Yeah. And not to keep it in. Because mm. that's, that's honestly probably worse. Yeah. Is to, is to keep that in, especially, you know, if, if you've been through a divorce and you're struggling with the emotional grief as you said don't keep that to yourself Mm. 
find people, find a counselor if you can, mm. find a safe place and be vulnerable because that'll help you get through it. Yeah, like it's perfectly okay to sit on the kitchen floor and drink, just not too much. <laughs> um, it's kind of okay to throw things and break things and scream. It's okay to cry and it's okay to be numb. Yeah. Wherever you're at, you don't have to do it perfectly. No. You don't have to like be the Reese with a spoon of divorce or something. I don't know. But like You don't have to be picture perfect. No. And no one should expect and I don't think anyone really expects anyone to be that perfect picture of No. And the five stages of grief aren't linear. Right. They don't go in order. And you might be stuck in anger for a really long time. Or you might just be sad. Who knows? Yeah. But it's exactly. Okay. Given the subject, and we do, we end each episode with highs and lows, what is a low of divorce and your divorce, well, possibly specifically your divorce story? I mean, aside from just getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, something a bit more nuanced and, I guess, specific. I think my low was just, there was never any closure. I had to be my own closure and make my own closure. Mm -hmm. We didn't have some great big sit down moment where we decided it was over. Mm -hmm. I moved out when I didn't have a choice and he didn't do what I wanted him to. People very rarely do. Exactly. And he never accepted that it was over. And he talked about wanting to like repent and change, but then never actually did. And then when I finally wrote it all down in a letter and sat in a counseling office with him and like read it to him, that was kind of like my closure moment. But then it wasn't because then he was awful and then there was still back and forth. So like, yeah. It just, it wasn't a clean break. I mean, not that I think it ever is, but in my case, it wasn't, it was particularly messy because it, it just, and I mean, even when I was dating someone new, like months and months later, he up and left the country and didn't tell me. Yeah. It was open-ended. Yeah. So like, it just, it was never like a great defining moment of this is over now. It's hard. It is hard. I think it's common, but it's up. What about you? <laughs> Aside from the obvious. I mean, probably the biggest low of my story there is, I guess, that moment where I was driving down this... It was a long, hilly road, and every so often there'd be a tree on the side of the road... And then I just started thinking, geez, it'd be easy if, like, just jerked the car to the side and managed to hit the tree just right so that I died instantly and then this would just all be over and I wouldn't have to cope with it anymore. That was a big low because my, my next thought is, excuse the swearing but holy shit I've got kids and I cannot leave them without a father yeah as much as 
putting them in this situation where they have two homes is really hard to fathom for me. Mm. Putting them in a situation where they are, don't have their dad at all yeah. was too much. Yeah. The big low. Yeah, that, that is a big low. <laughs> yeah. Oh! It feels wrong now to be like, what's the high of your story? <laughs> My kids, really. I mean, they're not necessarily a part of my divorce story, but they're in it. Mm. And... They're the result they, of your marriage. Yeah, and honestly, for a long time, and I guess to a certain extent still are, a driving force for me to keep going. Yeah. Like, you know, I mentioned that I just assumed that I wasn't going to do this marriage thing again. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, what is even the point then? Mm. And I just went, okay, well, the kids still need me. Yeah. That's my point for now. Yeah. That's my purpose for now. Yeah. So they were, they're a high. Fair enough. Makes sense. I mean, you don't have kids I mean, I, like I, that I, in no. your divorce story. So what's your high? I think my high was like finally being brave enough to leave. And like I said earlier, just like being able to breathe again the minute I did. Like I literally drove away from our home listening to the Moana song, How Far I'll Go. Yeah. And that's a good song. But that's absurd, right? Like I'm driving away with as much of my stuff in my car as I could fit. My husband doesn't even know that I'm leaving because he was not home. And I'm like singing Moana at the top of my lungs. And I could breathe for the first time in years. And it took a lot of courage Mm -hmm. to go and then to stay gone. Yeah. But you learn a lot about yourself. Um, and you learn how to do things like kill spiders <laughs> and, <laughs> and take the garbage out and grocery shop and cook for one person. And yeah, like it's, um, I guess my high was just the strength that I found Yeah. that I didn't know existed. Yeah. So on that note, um, hey, maybe you've been divorced. Maybe you're in the thick of it. We'd love to chat with you. So... Yeah. Well, there's actually send us the highs and lows of your story. If you have questions, send there's them a there's a there's a fun little feature in um, the way we host this podcast on Anchor, where you can send us voice messages. Um, yeah, if you're up for it, let us know if you're send okay us with us message. including that voice message in the podcast. And if you're not, that's fine. We can just talk about your question, um, if that's something you want. Yeah. But yeah, no, getting, you're not alone. Get in contact. And if it's not with us, get in contact with people, your people. Absolutely. You Um, don't need to do any of this by yourself. Absolutely. And you shouldn't have to. And again, big props to Despicable Company and Journalists, as always. Brilliant divorce album, by the way. Check it out. I'll be fine. It's a very good album to listen to if you're feeling emotional. That's true. Just in general. Yeah. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.